Well, my kids recently started swim class uh, through Queensbury Rec. And uh, I have to say, I'm a little disappointed, okay? They are not doing laps yet. And yeah, they're two, but I mean, come on, you know, they can start getting their arms in the water and all that, but actually one of my favorite parts of, of that time is, is when they uh, stand on the edge of the pool and uh, you say, okay, ready? One, two, three, jump. And they're supposed to jump, right? And most of the parents are going, okay, no, really, this time, jump, right? And it's so fun to, to watch them and, and to see their, their expressions because, you know, you can kind of see them building up to it. They're like, okay, okay, I really want to. I, uh, uh, okay, I'm going to this stuff. Okay, this is it. And then there's that hesitancy, right? There's that uh, unsure uh, reaction. And really, that's a natural reaction to something that they've never done before, something that they've never experienced. Okay, is, is this okay? You know, will you catch me? No, no, really, will you catch me if I do this? Because there's no turning back, right? I don't know about you, but that idea of can I trust you, can I believe you, can I have faith in you, is more than just for kids, isn't it? Don't we look around for people that we can trust? A lot of times when people think of the word faith, they think of religion. They think of a religious belief or a set of particular teachings. Whether it's Christianity or not, it's this list of things, okay, this is my faith right here. (laughs) But the truth is that, that faith's most basic meaning is pictured at the pool. It's trust. That's what it is, really. That's what faith is all about. And we all trust something. We all put our faith in something. You know, even somebody who says, I don't have any faith, is really, they start putting faith in themselves. Isn't that true? So last week, we talked about a man who put his faith in the things he had. And really, he put his faith in his reputation. He put his faith in, in uh, the wealth that he had, that he had accumulated through his life. And he trusted those things rather than following God, following Christ. He figured that he could control, he could manage his life better with what he had than what Christ offered. We're all learning who and what to trust. And you know, a lot of times we learn that we can't trust certain things and certain people. Isn't that true? I'll tell you, there are certain people in this world that I do not trust. They're not here, okay? I don't, <laughs> it's not you guys. But I would say, no, nah, there's not a chance in the world that I would trust you with anything. And then there's others who we would say, yeah, I can trust you, but isn't it true that sometimes we let each other down? right? We're not 100% faithful all the time. I have good news. There is someone who is faithful 100% of the time. That's our God. And Galatians chapter 5.22 says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And so if if, if it's in these verses, we've learned that it's supposed to be coming out of our lives, right? 
These aren't just things that are true of God. These are things that should be true, that are evidences of a life that's been changed by God, of a life that, that shows forth His faithfulness. But we can't do what we haven't seen, right? And so we're going to take some time this week to see what faith and faithfulness speak to our lives about. God's Word shows us these defining traits. It, it shows us the heart of God's faithfulness. We're going to look at uh, a little bit deeper at what God's faithfulness tells us. You know, this isn't like some exhaustive list. It isn't like uh, it's only these things and nothing else. Because really, with everything that we've talked about, there's more, isn't there? There's more that God wants to teach us and show us about his goodness, about his faithfulness, about the joy that he brings to our lives. But first we want to talk about Faith and faithfulness speak of relationship. You know, one of the most amazing truths found in God's Word is that God wants to have a relationship with me. Just like that passage in, in Psalm 40, right? Where God picks us up out of the miry clay, out of the bad place we were in, and sets us on a firm foundation. God's Word speaks of relationship. You know, he wants to reconcile, he wants to repair, he wants to fix a relationship that was broken, not by him, but by us. So in, in your lives, when, when you think about uh, what, what God has, uh, excuse me, what uh, the relationships that you have with other people, if it is broken by someone else, a lot of times we say, okay, I'll let you do the fixing, Right? But it is, isn't it amazing that Almighty God would say, no, you broke it, but I'm going to fix it. I'm going to restore the relationship between us. And that's why J Jesus came, right? John 3.16, one of the most well-known passages in all of Scripture, well-known verses. You can probably say it together with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that amazing? That word believe, it's actually the same word as faith. So when, when uh, the Bible says that uh, we can believe him, it means we can trust him, we can have faith in him. That's what faith is about. It speaks of relationship. You know, he's made a promise to us and we can take him at his word. When he says, I will rescue you, I will save you, we can take him at his word. We can trust him because he proves himself to be faithful because we have this relationship with him, right? It's like when you make wedding vows. We just had a, a couple who was married uh, last night and uh, what, a, what a neat experience, right? These two people make these vows to each other. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> they make these promises to each other. And, and they're saying that no matter what, I will keep this promise, right? And we talk about faithfulness in marriage, right? That's, that's the idea. You're looking back to the promise that you made at your wedding vow. And, and there are expectations that that other person will do the same, right? That that other person will have that same faithfulness towards you. But you don't have those same expectations of faithfulness. You don't make those kind of promises to someone you don't know right? 
I mean, imagine if I went up to somebody, just clear off the street and said, look, I promise I will never leave you. <laughs> what are they going to say? Please leave me, right? Get away. You're, you're, there's something not right. Relationship is a qualification for faithfulness. And the Bible says that faith is a qualification for relationship. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. I don't know about you, but, but my desire, I would love to be able to please God, right? But this verse says it's impossible. Not if you try really hard, you can do it. It says if you're not trusting God, if you're not relying on him, you can't please him. Throughout the Old Testament, God made promises to his people Israel. Some of them were, if you do this, if you're faithful in this way, then I'll do this, then I'll bless you in this way. But I love the promise that he made to Abraham. And you can look at it later in, in Genesis chapter 12, but one of the things that is so great that God shows Abraham is, even if you can't, I will. Wow, that's amazing. Even if you don't hold up your end of the bargain, I will promise you this. Even if you aren't faithful, I will be faithful to you. It's almost like God Almighty uh, is bound to us by the promises he makes. You know, we say that God can do anything he wants to, which is true. But there are times when God says, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm binding myself to my word. I'm binding myself to you. Jesus calls us to a relationship a lot like that, based on his faithfulness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul says, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship. You were called into relationship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So God's promise to us what God wants to do in your life is for you to have a relationship with him. Is for he wants to show his faithfulness to you through relationship. He wants you to trust his, his faithfulness. He wants you to trust what he said his death and resurrection accomplished. It accomplished a right relationship with God. And if you don't have a right relationship with him, if if you uh, haven't trusted Christ for your eternity, you're missing out on the fullness of his faithfulness. Now, God is offering to be faithful to you. He's offering this gift of salvation. But you know what? As, as you travel through life, the more you push that away, the more we lose out on the ways that he wants to show his faithfulness to us. Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, he who started a good work in you will bring it to completion. You know, I love that because, you know, a lot of times we think, okay, I need to try harder. I need to do better. I mean, God, I know you saved me, but I'm really trying hard here. And God says, no, 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 <laughs> you're missing the point here. If I started it, I'll finish it. 
okay? He says, it's not about you, it's about me. It's about my faithfulness. He's faithful to what he promises. He will come through. He will accomplish these fruits of the Spirit in your life. You know, as we look at these, uh, the fruits of the Spirit, sometimes we're overwhelmed, right? We say, well, maybe these aren't in the, f- the full sense of, of what uh, God wants them to be. And I think God would have you to know, let me do it. Let me be a part of what God is doing through these fruits of the Spirit. Aren't you glad that faith and faithfulness speak of relationship? Faith and faithfulness also speak of experience. Many times people call faith blind faith, right? And uh, sometimes people use Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And they say, see, you don't even know. You can't even see. You have no idea what's going to happen next. Someone called faith a belief not based on proof. You know, they see it like Indiana Jones, right? In that scene where there's that chasm between where he needs to go and, and where he is. And man, there's no way he can cross it. And he says, okay, well, I'm going to try this, right? They say, oh, it's just a blind leap. You don't even know where, what's going to happen. You don't know the end result. But if faith is blind faith, listen to what we're saying about uh, stepping into the unknown with God. We're saying, I didn't even know if he would provide for me. I didn't know if he would catch me. I didn't know if I was worth his time. But instead of blind faith, you know, the believer can use words like reliability, consistency, reputation. You see, God's faithfulness leaves a trail. We can see all the past ways that he has been faithful to us, and we, we see it. We see he's reliable, and so that helps us in our steps, right? That helps us to say, he was faithful then, and you know what? God doesn't change, so I guess he's faithful now, and I guess he'll be faithful in the future. He'll come through for us time after time after time. Faith says, I didn't know how, but I knew that he would. I didn't know each step in the process. I, I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I knew that he was going to come through. Faith that the Bible speaks of is not blind. Faith is built. Faith is established. Faith has something to go on. Faith has experience. We don't have a clear picture of the future. We don't know what all the unknowns are, but we do know the God that we serve. That he doesn't let us down. He's always able to be relied upon. Always uh, in the past, in the future, forever, from generation to generation. Psalm 89 verses 1 and 2 says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness. He said, man, I could, I could sing all day about the ways that God has been faithful in my life. And that just brings me forward. He says, with my mouth I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. God has been faithful not just in my life, but he's been faithful in your lives. And not just in your lives, but in in the lives of all those who have come before us, who have put their faith and trust in Christ, who have proved his faithfulness. 
Verse 2 of that, uh, Psalm 89 says, For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you established in the very heaven. Saying, even in creation, all of creation demonstrates your faithfulness. Did you know, know that the, the sun came up this morning? Did you know that? Do you think it's going to come up tomorrow? I'm not so sure. I haven't seen it. God's faithfulness is demonstrated in creation, isn't it? I mean, and that's just one example. We can look at all of creation and how God holds his creation in his hand, and he holds it together. He figured it out. He knows all the, the chemistry and all the biology. He knows all of the physics that go along with how to keep this place running, right? He is faithful. He will fulfill his promises. God, has God been faithful to you? Have you see, seen a pattern of how he's shown himself strong? So when you come to a point where you don't know the next step, just look back. If he's been with you all the way, he'll be with you in the future as you step forward. In generation after generation after generation, would your life be included in those who you can look back on and say, if God was faithful in his life, wow, God can be faithful in my life too. Don't you want to see that in your life, a, a pattern of faithfulness? You know, we're desperate for that, aren't we? We're desperate for, for someone to rely on, someone to trust. That's why there's, there's Angie's List. Have you guys heard about Angie's List, right? They, they, it's a website where you're supposed to be able to find uh, reliable roofers, plumbers, candlestick makers, and anything that, that you need for your house, okay? This is the place to go to find somebody you can trust. We're desperate for it as people, aren't we? But faithfulness isn't just a one-and-done thing. It's not just uh, using the example of, of a roofer. Oh, I did a good job on this house. Uh, well, I'm not so sure about that one, right? It's a pattern. It's an ongoing reliability. It's what God desires in our lives. It's, a, it's what God wants to reflect through us, his faithfulness. Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, and Romans chapter 1, verse 17 declare that the just shall live by faith. And you know, that verse speaks a, a lot about uh, what God is doing and, and how we can have eternal life through trusting Him. But it also speaks of a consistency, doesn't it? As you go through life, you can live in a way that reflects God's faithfulness. So does your faithfulness leave a trail like God's does? Do others know that they can trust you based on past experiences? You know, for us, that doesn't necessarily guarantee a future, right? That doesn't necessarily guarantee that we're always going to make the right steps, that we're always going to be faithful. But you can build a reputation not based on you, but based on him. Faith and faithfulness speak of experience. But th this next characteristic of, of faith and faithfulness kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Faith and faithfulness speak of action. You know, a lot of times we think of faith as something that's passive. We think of faith as something that, that we hold on to, that we keep close, that we don't really do anything with, you know? 
We just have it. We own it. But faith and faithfulness speak of action. They speak of motion. They speak of movement. They're just like that swim class. Jump, right? It speaks of, of uh, allowing something to happen in your life. I don't usually think of it that way. But action is the natural consequence of faith. You know, maybe you've heard the illustration of the chair. You know, you could say, I've, I trust this chair. I trust that this chair will hold me up, that I will have no problems, that it won't break. I, I, I just know it. But I'm not going to try it, right? Is that faith? No. Faith is saying, okay, I know that that chair will hold me up, and now I'm not doing it, Right? I'm at the end of myself. I'm not the person that's holding me up anymore. I'm trusting on something else to do the work for me. But if I'm standing, and if I don't experience that, do I really know that that chair can hold me up? Am I really trusting that that chair can hold me up? No. Faith and, and its completeness is found in doing. I'm not saying that the salvation that comes from God is something that we have to, to work for, right? That we have to do something for. But there's, uh, in James chapter, uh, chapter 1, he says, faith without works is dead. In James chapter 2, verse 20, excuse me. Faith without works is dead. So we're going to take a look at the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. It's what a lot of people call it, the Hall of Faith. Now, if you think about that picture for a second, okay? I, I always think of it as I'm walking through this hallway, and I see pictures on each side of me, right? This, and it has like this little golden plaque underneath it that says, this is Abraham, right? Man of faith. Something like that. I don't know what it's supposed to say. But I get this picture of, okay, here are all these examples. Here are all these ways that God has demonstrated his faithfulness. That, when, when, uh, that God has shown his faithfulness. And it's amazing because in each of these examples, faith caused action. Faith caused a step. They didn't just have faith as this uh, ethereal idea or this set of, of doctrines that I believe. Faith causes action. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. And we're not going to go through all of these examples, okay? But we are going to look at, at two, three actually. So, but one's kind of with the other one. You'll see, you'll see, don't worry. Okay, uh, in, in verse 7, you know, these examples uh, of faithfulness show us that action flows out of faith. Verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark. Okay, so God told Abraham, uh, told Noah something. God told Noah, hey, look, this place is going to be flooded. I, there needs to be justice. There needs to be uh, a, a cleansing of the wickedness of this place. And, and it's not like he just told Noah, and Noah said, okay, I'll keep it quiet. 
In fact, you'll see in the story of Noah, you'll see how there were years, hundreds of years, where Noah declared this message. He said, repent, turn around. You need to find safety. You need to find shelter in God. You need to put your faith in Him. But the faith of Noah said, okay, God, this is what you said. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to build an ark. And we could talk about that story and we could talk about how ridiculous it is to build an ark in the middle of uh, not the ocean. <laughs> okay? But we could see that he was called to action because he believed God would do what he said. And listen, there are others more. It says in the rest of the verse, um, Moved with godly fear, he prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. It says there are others who didn't make that decision, who didn't put their trust in God. And there are consequences for that. They, they didn't put their faith in action because they didn't have it. They didn't trust God. Noah's faith was demonstrated through action. But look at the next verse. Look at verse 8. Another example. By faith, Abraham, he obeyed when he was called out to go to a place that he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. I don't know about you, but if I was in that circumstance, if God said, okay, pack up all your stuff, I want to take you somewhere. Okay, Lord, that, that's great. Um, can you tell me where? I need to buy tickets. You know, I, I, need, to, I need to get my passport ready. God says, no, no, just follow me, okay, I got this. Okay, uh, well, well, let's try this, Lord. What if I spin this globe, you know, just spin it, and, and if I put my finger down, is, is that where I'm going, right? Is, anybody with me? I, I want to know where I'm going. But Abraham's faith said, I'm taking a step. I'm moving out before I know the end. I don't need to know the end. I just need to know that God told me to move. He left his home because God promised him a new one. And that's all that he needed. It wasn't blind faith, it was confidence that called him to step out. And if your faith doesn't affect your doing, then it's not really faith. Look at verse 11. By faith, Sarah, who was the wife of Abraham, she also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. You know, God had promised some things to Abraham. He had, uh, God had promised descendants to Abraham. A family. A, a, a nation. And you know what? Year after year, that promise didn't materialize. It wasn't there. And so when God came to Sarah and said, uh, to, to, these, uh, to this group of Abraham and Sarah, hey, you know what? I, I promised you a child. It, it's, it's on its way. You know what Sarah's reaction was? <laughs> okay, you told me that before and it hasn't happened. So, you know, come on. So why is she in the hall of faith? Right? Isn't it good to know that we don't always have to get every little thing right for God to see the value in the steps that you take? For God to say, okay, I'm going to kind of credit your account. I'm going to give you uh, bonus work here. I'm, I'm just going to help you out here. 
But what's incredible is she is an example of faith because you know what? She finally said, okay, God, whatever you want, however you want to do this, that's fine. And God came through on his promise. The nation of Israel is a fulfillment of his promise. Wow. So years from now, generations from now, your name may not be in this hall of faith, but what about another hall of faith? Would you allow your life to be an illustration for others to look back at and say, wow, if he could do it, if God can use him, (laughs) right, then he can use my life too. Are you ready to step out in confidence? You know, maybe God has called you to do something or to serve him in a way that doesn't seem rational. It doesn't seem comfortable for you. Now, I would say, listen, you know, always check it with his word. Always check it with wise counsel. But if God has called you to do something, you can bet your last dollar that he will come through for you. And, you know, sometimes we make this list, right? We say, okay, God, here's the deal. (laughs) You want me to do this, right? But I have kind of these, you know, this list of restrictions or qualifications that we need to go over, right, before I take any steps here. You know what? Sometimes taking a step of faith, the result is actually easier than you think. I think about someone who is considering going to Thailand this, this October. You would say, okay, Lord, look, I don't have any money. I, I, you know, I don't have a passport yet. I, I don't even know what uh, steps need to be taken. I don't even know if I can teach English. Have you heard my English, God? I, right? And God would say, look, if I'm calling you, if I'm asking you to step out, don't let that stuff get in the way. Just follow after me. I'll take care of it. You know, I, this is one example. I, I've, I was able to go to Thailand, right, uh, a couple years ago. And it was, it was easier than I thought. God used some things in my life, to, and, and, and he allowed uh, his um, work to happen. He took care of all those questions that I had. It's not that we can't have questions. It's just that we say, okay, God, I have these questions, but I'm going to move forward anyway. I'm going to allow you to take care of this. If he has called you, he'll deliver. He will accomplish what he promises. You know, maybe you would say, you know, I want to trust God with my life, but I'm not willing for this situation, this particular situation in my life to change. You know, maybe it has to do with uh, uh, some choices about your finances. You know, instead of relying on God's wisdom, you've been relying on your own smarts, right? And if I trust you, God, if I obey you, that doesn't necessarily equal out for me. I I don't see where you're going with that. If God's calling you to do it, take the step and let him take care of the result. He will provide. He will show you. He will care for you and your family. 
You know, maybe it's your living situation. Maybe it's, it's uh, the, what God would say about your relationships with others. And, he would, uh, and you would say, you know what, God? I hear what you're saying, but I really don't know if taking that step is going to be okay for me. Am I going to be able to, to uh, not be alone? Am I going to be able to have you provide for me? It, it, what about these financial situations? Uh, let the Lord take care of it. If, if he is speaking to you about something in your life, a, a, maybe it's even a sin in your life that he would want you to be rid of, don't say, well, God, but you don't understand. You can say, God, I trust in you. You know, maybe you need to change some business practices, right? Some, some ways that, that uh, need to honor God, that need to fall in with his plan. Maybe it's in your family, right? Where, where you need to say, okay, God, uh, no matter what, I'm going to trust you for this situation, for this circumstance, even though it looks like it could hurt you. Even though it looks like that doesn't make sense. The question is, do we believe God or not? Right? If I am not willing to step out, if I am not willing to take that step, then it's not really faith, is it? I'm not exercising faith. So if God is calling you, is sharing with you, hey, something's got to change in your life or, or I want you to step out in this way, have faith. Take a step and be amazed at what God will do. Do we know better than all-knowing God? If we say, no, God, I'm not going to take that step. I've heard from you, but I'm not going to take that step. We're saying, we know everything plus one, <laughs> right? We know infinity plus one because I know better than you, God. Do we know better than an all-knowing, all-powerful God? Read the end of Job. In ver uh, chapters 40 to 42, incredible, where God says, do you, do you know what I do? Do you know the power that I hold in my hand? It's not only that God knows the future for you. It's not only that God knows each step that's going to happen in your life, but he can do something about it. It's not just a passive, oh, I know, so you better watch out for this, buddy. No, it's, okay, take this step, all clear the way. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be any trials. It just means that he's going to see us through. Exercise faith. Now, I'm so glad that we can take a look at what God's faithfulness looks like in my life. You know, he has some great truths, some great promises, some great faithfulness to show you. And what I love about it is that it's, it's not just in the past that God has shown us his faithfulness. He says, I have faithfulness that will blow you away. I want to show you in the future. Will you trust me? As we think about faith and faithfulness this week, would you allow him to challenge you? You know, first and foremost, would you say, I need a relationship with God? I need uh, to trust in something that is unfailing. Because for so long, I've been trusting others. I've been trusting myself. I've been trusting my stuff. 
And guess what? It's gotten me nowhere. It doesn't bring about a right relationship with God. It doesn't bring about a right relationship with others. But God, I'm going to trust you on this one. You said that you gave your son to forgive my sins. I'm going to trust you on that. You said I can trust that the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is so powerful that it can remove my sin and give me a life that honors God. I'm going to trust you on that one. You said if I turn from my sin and if I turn to God, he will rescue me. I'm going to trust you for that. I'm going to take that step of faith. But also think about, are you a person who could be described as reliable? Do you have a reputation that's not made of self, but made with God's faithfulness? Is there a trail of faithfulness in your life? God has a trail of faithfulness, right? And that is good news. Maybe today you need to trust God for something, a particular situation in your life, a particular circumstance, that God is is working on your life and he's tugging and he's calling and you're saying, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Maybe today would be the day that you say, okay, I'm going to step out. To step out in faith, Lord. I trust you. Lord, give me wisdom to see, but if I don't see, I'm still going to trust you. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you and we get just a glimpse of your faithfulness to us. Lord, if we were to to recount all the ways that you were faithful, we'd be here all day and all night and all year. And Lord, even then, we'd have to say, okay, I've got to cut it short. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you have called us to relationship. God, I don't deserve that kind of love. I don't deserve that kind of passion for my life that you have. But I thank you for it. And I trust you that you will do amazing things. Lord, as we come together today, would you allow us to take steps of faith in our own lives, to step out into the unknown, not blindly, but knowing that you are reliable, that you are faithful, that you are strong. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.